So welcome to the Long Overdue podcast um, with the Decatur Public Library. You're listening today with Pat and Chris and Sharon. Oh, and me, Dawn. And Dawn. Yeah, don't forget me. Okay. All right. So today we're going to talk about our summer reading program that we just had Yay. and the successes and Yay. some of the things that uh, we did. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are hoping that if you're listening, you are a part of our program. And if not, be ready for next year. <laughs> They'll get excited about what we tell them. And right. And to come next year. That's, That's right. right. Okay. So we had a lot of different programs this year. It wasn't just summer reading. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if our listeners realize that, but we had a lot of programs for um, children, teens, uh, little bitties and mm-hmm. adults mm-hmm. just we did something for everybody just about um, one of the first programs that we had was kinder readiness and this is a pretty new program for us right Don? this is the second summer that we've done it yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so tell us what that is well I wanted to do this (laughs) to help those kids and to help the teachers, really, Mm -hmm. uh, to be ready when they start kindergarten so that um, parents could be working with their kids before Mm -hmm. kindergarten. And so when they actually start, they will know what the kids need to know. So as far as their alphabet and their sounds and maybe some numbers and being able to count and, and lots of different things. Okay. So... Uh, last year, uh, being the first year, I think we might have had, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but probably five that went through that the program. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This year we had 17 kiddos. Excellent. Yeah. It was really And these good. are all kids who are starting kinder this fall. Yes. Coming up. So this is getting them ready to go in and be successful. Yes. Okay. And it's not just for the kids, it's for the parents. All right. So letting the parents know... Um, what to expect a little bit too and what they're going to have to work on, I think, Mm. before school starts and then to give them ideas of things that once school starts, this is going to be coming up and this, you know, you may need to do this and that. So So helping the parents be successful too. (laughs) Yes, yes. Great. And... Sharon, do you have anything to add to that? Because I know you you love this program. I know. I just love that program, and I love watching you teach them. And I like the fact that you're showing the parents what to look for in the kids to help them get ready for kindergarten. Like when you were saying they sing the ABC song, Uh and they just think L-M-N-O-P is one letter. Yes. (laughs) Or the sound of the letter M. Not ma, because that's M and A together. Yes. I just like the details that you tell the parents and help them look for things they can do to help their kid. Yeah. And tying shoes. Right. And putting a jacket on right side instead of upside down (laughs) with a hood on their rear. So kinder readiness is more than just getting ready for academics. Oh, yes, definitely. So tell us what else. You mentioned some of those just... Skills for living. <laughs> yes. Kind of. It's uh, thinking about your child being away from you. And when 
when your child is with you, they do all those things, or they may not be able to do something, and so you do that for them. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal. But when you get into the classroom, your teacher has 20 kids. Right. And so do they have to tie 40 shoes <laughs> <laughs> before you go out to recess? That could take all day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's little things like that that we talk about, and um, the kids get to practice, you know, physical things, and and I think it's the kids that have been through it, and the parents. I think it's been very eye opening mm-hmm. to almost all of the parents mm-hmm. at, and even really to me because I'll come, I'll, I'll see a kiddo come in, and I'm like, okay, they're probably not going to need this, and then we go over something, and it's like. They really do need this. (laughs) You just need to be aware that that's Mm -hmm. one area. You've been really good at teaching your kiddos through this, all these other things. But you have to realize that there's other little things Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. focus on as well. So It helps build the kids' self-esteem, too, because if they're the only kid in the class that knows how to tie a shoe and they can help the teacher, they get little brownie points. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It helps them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And if they know things that, you know, going in, it helps them to feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in the classroom. And I think with. if I remember correctly, a lot of the kids that, that we've had involved in our program are kids who have been at home with a parent rather than in a preschool or are doing very much socialization. So part of what they're learning in this class is just getting along with other people, mm-hmm. being in a group setting, that kind of thing, too. Is that... Yes. Right. Yes. It helps them follow directions mm. and stay focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if um, the kiddos have been through little learners, uh-huh. um, they're probably more prepared. But it's still right. a lot for the parent mm-hmm. to be able to watch their child doing specific things and realizing, okay, well, they can do part of that, but they can't do all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so they know where to focus on with their kids. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm excited about the program. Mm -hmm. Sharon loves the program. I love the program. (laughs) (laughs) And you send little checklists home with them Mm -hmm. so they don't, you know, they have something to look at. Yes. And it's it's a three-part program. Mm -hmm. So um, each week we cover different things. Right. So if you come to the first one and not the other two, you're going to miss information. So I know that this was... The second year we've done it, last year we did just one three-class session. This year we did two. So one of them was in May and one was in June. Is that right? Well, actually, we did have two last year. Oh. We did one in June and one in July. Okay. I'd forgotten. Okay. Yeah, but we really felt like July was really kind of late. Well, and especially since school's starting so early this year. Yes. So we decided to start one in the end of April, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just the way the calendar with everything else going on, it just worked best that way. Uh, The last weekend, uh, Monday in April, and then the first two in May, Mm -hmm. and then the other one we did in June. So, yeah, and, you know, that's the plan for this next year. We don't have the calendar in front of us, but we try to do Monday mornings. Okay, so super yeah. We had a, a brand new program, too, this summer for kids, right? Exploration Stations. That was a lot of fun. So tell we us did. about that one. So Exploration Stations was, for a range of kids, probably, I don't know, four to seven 
So if your child was already in school, this was really good for them because it helped them to come once a week and do math activities and reading activities and writing to keep up their skills through the summer. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's very important. You know, obviously we do the summer reading program for kids to read, but they also do do math and they do other things in school. So I think having these opportunities and then for the ones who hadn't started school, it was a good opportunity for them to practice those skills as as well if they were going into kindergarten. Mm -hmm. A lot of my families who had done kinder readiness came to oh, this right. program. Okay. I've always thought having a having a an opportunity to do stations where there are multiple activities that covers a variety of subject areas or learning styles. It's always really fun for the, the kids because they just get to do, you know, I can sit and I can do my math all morning or I can do math till I'm bored. I can go do something else. I can go do another thing. I can do a little bit of everything. And I think they the, really enjoy that. For the kids, I don't think they realized it was learning. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Because... Not what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's like, put so many beans in this little muffin thing and take two away, and how many do you have left? And they're just... They don't think of it as learning. Right. They're just playing. Yes. And the patterns, the mm-hmm. A-B patterns. Mm-hmm. They had, you've got so many things for them. Yeah. It's great. I love being able to do it. I hope that we're making an impact in the community and with the kids before they start school to help mm-hmm. them with their education. That's what the whole thing is about. Right. So. Well, that's the feedback we've gotten so far, right? Yeah. That those parents really appreciate what their, what their children are exposed to here. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Great. So how many kids participated in Exploration Stations this year? We had, throughout the whole summer, there were 44. So we held it once a week, okay. um, Thursday mornings. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the total was 44 who Great. came throughout the summer. Okay. What else did we have besides our, our big summer programs this summer? Well, we have our sensory story time, which we have all the time. But... This is the only time that the little kids get to come in for the summer because the other programs aren't necessarily appropriate for them and they can't sit still. Uh, so we do our sensory story time in the summer for those younger kids so that they can. Yeah, because the summer reading program, the people that come in, the performers, um, it's more for elementary age. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas the sensory then, like you said. The little kids have something fun to do. Yeah. Right. They can still come to the library and have a good time. Mm-hmm. So the other thing we did mm-hmm. was steaming summer nights. For families. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Yes. And it was like stations, too. It's like you could go to the Goldie Blocks, and you could go to the Ozobots, and you could go to the... Uh, snap circuits, but we always had something special that everybody did together. Like one time we made the bird's nest. Mm-hmm. One time we had the worms and had their little... Oh, that's right. Vermo composting. Mm-hmm. We had so many activities, yes. It was great. Yes. And, the, you know, at the beginning of this one, there was a little bit of a learning curve because we introduced um, so many new technologies. Mm-hmm. So we kind of divided them up and... and had to have you know somebody there teaching it right as well um 
But then as the summer wore on, mm-hmm. uh, everybody was familiar with it, and it was a lot um, true, a lot easier. So was there one activity that was kind of a favorite that everybody wanted to do every time? We had two activities that everybody wanted to do all the time, and there was kind of limited resources, Uh, mm -hmm. so they had to sign up ahead of time. And one of those was the Ozobots, which is the cute little robots for little fingers. That are about the size, smaller than a golf ball, even. They had to draw maps. They had to make codes to tell the little robot whether to turn right or left, speed up, all that kind of stuff. So they were drawing maps and making codes. Yeah. Very good. And these are little kids, some, mm-hmm. some of them, like first graders, second graders. Yes. Excellent. And, and the wonderful thing, I think, about the program this year is that it was for families. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the parents got involved uh, with the learning for their kids and right. got exposure to this stuff also. Um, so you said the Ozobots and the other one? was the 3D pens. Mm-hmm. So we had little patterns, and we had the uh, the pens that fed the wire through, and they could make little butterflies and little flip-flops and bees. And, and I think that um, it was limited just because of the time mm-hmm. that we had. Mm-hmm. If they had more time with that, they could make something more... They- 3D or three-dimensional, like the Eiffel Tower or maybe their house or, you know, something like that. So there was was really not enough time for them to design their own thing in this program for the most part. They were really really. just kind of following a pattern. For the 3D pins, that's correct. And I think now that we've got quite a few kids who are familiar with it Mm -hmm. and have done it, Mm -hmm. um, we could probably do a program that focused more on that okay so well no something to think about for the future yeah but one other thing i wanted to mention because i know the kids loved it was the makey makey oh yeah tell Uh, us about that what that is and what they like doing it kind of scared me to begin with it's (laughs) like okay i know this is a good technology and i should teach the kids but i don't know it's basically a program program that i don't know chris you might be able to help me explain this a little bit more i don't know isn't it like it's software right i don't know and it comes with some material and you i know there's one that they did one year that they did a guitar they did okay so they made a piano this year okay and they did that using um it's circuitry, I guess, right. is what uh-huh. I'm thinking of. Uh, it's got a little circuit board with it, and mm-hmm. it's got the alligator clips and different things. Mm-hmm. And you could hook it up in a way. Um, and w- one time we used the graphite from a pencil okay. and made a piano hmm. because the graphite conducts electricity. Okay. And so they were able to do that, and they really, really they liked that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had two or three different activities with that, and they. They liked them all. I think they just thought it was a lot of fun. And it wasn't difficult for them to figure out. Okay. Um, So, yeah. So, did you see any evidence of kids teaching their parents how to use some of these things? Yes, yes. Yeah? That one kid was really, said, Mom, come here, and was showing them. Yeah, the kids were teaching the parents. It was fun to watch. Yeah. I could I could see the Ozobots being one of those things too with the kids like catching on and oh come here I'll show you how this works and mm-hmm. 
helping their parents understand it. Yes, and it wasn't, a lot of it is not necessarily working with that technology, but it was the coding part. Right, right. Designing your map and where you wanted it to go Mm -hmm. and how are you going to get it to go there and then putting the Ozobot on your map and getting it to do that. And then if it didn't, why? Mm -hmm. You know, figuring those things out. Yeah, it was a learning experience there. Yeah. If it didn't work, what do you have to do to make it work? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Great. So we've been kind of talking all around these big programs we had on Wednesdays this summer. So tell us about tell us about why we do those, why we had those people come in that, that aren't us, that aren't library staff, mm-hmm. why we have them come in and do those things and what, what that's all about. We really want to encourage reading. Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage them to come to the library um, to get their books and, you know, read new things and be exposed to new things. Mm-hmm. And the be exposed to new things is like where the programs come in themselves because these are things that they will not probably have an opportunity to see in school or okay. somewhere else. I mean, that's why we try to bring them to the library. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other thoughts, Sharon, before we kind of look at each one individually oh, i don't know but it's it's a learning experience it's not just entertaining right it's yes. a learning experience right yeah i just want to point that out. yeah well yeah. And, and i think for a long time in public libraries we would call these people who come in entertainers and what we realized is that's not what this is really all about. And that's not all the kids are getting out of it. It's not, oh, 45 minutes later, didn't we have a good time? It's 45 minutes later, what a cool thing we were just exposed to. What a cool yes. thing we just learned or got to do or got to be a part of. So, Well, and I think, so being a part of Boy Scouts, uh, my son was in Boy Scouts, uh, well, Cub Scouts, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things that uh, they wanted them to do was to see a live performance. Hmm. Hmm. Well, a lot of kids don't get to see a live performance. Right. You know, we ended up going down to Fort Worth and seeing something at, I think it was Bass Hall. There was something mm-hmm. that they did for the little kids. Mm-hmm. But to have something like that at your public library where you right. don't have to go 25 miles. And and it doesn't cost you anything. Right. This is all free at the public library. So, yeah. yeah. So to get these kiddos to be exposed to these things, uh, this year our theme was music. And so we tried to um, invite a lot of uh, performers who were related to music, you know, whether they were a singer or they provided drums or, um, you know, somehow involved with the music. (laughs) Well, like Lucas Miller was the singing zoologist. And it's like, it was kind of a hands-on thing. He got the people involved singing different little songs. Mm -hmm. And it also showed like, you know, like a shark is a predator of, you know, the whole life cycle. Yes. So it's very, that one was very, not just musical, but it It was was science related. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of different learning. Um, So I guess it's just that the kids get to come in and they get to learn about somebody who plays the drums or works with animals or is an actor or actress. And it expands their horizons Mm -hmm. when they're thinking about what they want to do when they grow up. Right. 
It's just so exciting. Mm-hmm. So our very first one was somebody new. It was. So tell us why you didn't just bring all those people back from last year because we liked them. Well, first of all, it was because of our theme. Mm-hmm. Our theme was musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to provide opportunities for the kids that were different than everything that we've done before. Obviously, we did bring some others back, but the first one we did was Rhythm Path, and I brought him in because uh, he had over 100 drums that he brought Mm -hmm. to the program, and the kids had a hands-on experience. Wow. They each got their own drum, Mm -hmm. and he walked them through making different sounds and teaching them to be louder and softer and to sound like rain. And I mean, he did cool. so many different things with mm-hmm. them. They had to follow a pattern. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the drums were from Africa. Mm-hmm. He ordered them from there and they were handmade. It's just wow. amazing. And huh. yeah, everybody good. really liked him. So we had over 200 kiddos involved with that program. Hmm. So Anyway. Yeah, we had to have two programs. Yes. Our programs are very popular here at the library during summer. Um, contemplating if we need another mm-hmm. another showing. So give us your feedback, what your thoughts are. Yeah. Especially for Critterman. <laughs> right? right? Right. Who is Critterman, Sharon? I don't know where he's from, but he brings <laughs> animals and he tells kids about the animals. And so they're learning and they're seeing the animal right there. That's who Critter Man is. Yes. Yeah. And then at the end, he always lets you touch something. Mm-hmm. There's always one animal. His his company name, I think now, is Animal Edutainment. So it's oh. entertaining and educational. And he recognizes that both of those elements are part of it. And this year's... This year's program was extra furry. Is that what it was? So it was almost Mm -hmm. entirely, was it all or almost entirely mammals? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if if he threw in some one weird off something, but I don't think so. I Mm -hmm. think it was just all mammals this time. Yeah. And they got to pet the bunny at the end. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty fun lots of cute animals he's on other occasions he's brought what is his super slimy or something like that all the reptiles and amphibians so different different groups of animals different times but creepy very knowledgeable about their their native habitat what they eat you know how where they live they're kind of you know Mm-hmm. All, all kinds of interesting things about them. And um, he also is always there, um, quick to tell us if there's an animal that's endangered or something like that. He's got one show I know that's all native Texas animals. Which is really cool yeah. because some of those you're like, really? What? Really? Yeah, Texas? exactly. Exactly. Like the alligator. I know. The American I know. alligator. He always brings an alligator. Yes. So, yeah. So. I, I can tell you that is... That program is the only time I have ever been that close to an alligator without 
thick glass between me and the alligator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yes. that I got that close, but right. <laughs> but I was in the same room right here with it. If it got loose, there'd be a lot of flying feet. Yes, there would. <laughs> and I would be two of them. Yeah. <laughs> but that never happens. Never. He's always very careful never. with all of his animals. Right. Which, you know, leads into Lucas Miller, the singing zoologist. He does a lot with the animals in Texas and the Mm -hmm. habitats and different things. Mm -hmm. And when you pair learning with music, you retain more of that anyway. Yes, you do. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just really a great thing. His music is on YouTube. Oh. So, if you do a quick search for um, singing zoologist or... Okay. Yeah, I think he'll pop up really, Mm -hmm. like, within the first three or so how many of those would there be right yeah <laughs> right so <laughs> not very, very cool <laughs> very cool uh, so yeah you can kind of listen to some of his songs and you know tailor it to um what you might be learning at home even right and you're absolutely right about pairing any kind of learning with music that you know i think we're always surprised at how many people still, if they're alphabetizing, have to sing through the alphabet song or you know, <laughs> yes. have to sing their multiplication tables or whatever it is when you're trying to do that to recall. If that's how you learned it in a song, that's how you learned it. And it's still there no yes. matter how many years later. Exactly. So, yeah. That's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it really Brain is. is amazing. So we had a group come this year that we've had now for three or four years in a row, but it's always a new experience, and it's wonderful for the kids. Hampstead Stage, and it's, generally speaking, it's young adults who are theater people. Mm -hmm. Two of them come and present a play, and they're, they do all the characters, no matter how many there are, no matter what gender they are, whatever. They do the whole play, and then at the end, they're very good about answering questions and talking to the kids about the experience and where they got the material and all that. And they were here this year doing Treasure Island. Yes. Which is a, you know, if you think about it, that's a pretty involved, complicated story. But they did it in 50 minutes. Yeah. With two people. Yes. In one set. Yes. They <laughs> so that was really cool. So the difference uh, from last year to this year, last year they uh, had a, a van that they kept all of their things in. Uh-huh. They have redone the sets, and yeah. it now fits in a Prius. What? Oh. Right? Oh, It was my goodness. this little bitty vehicle, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Ah. But for gas mileage purposes, yeah. because they do travel all over the country uh-huh. during the summer. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was amazing that they fit all that in that vehicle. Wow. So. Well, I know that, that a lot of the the like the like backdrops, are they just roll up, right? Y- yes, now they I do. S- yeah, I saw them doing that this year, and I thought, uh-huh. that is just amazing. Yeah. Before, it was uh, like a, a almost a, a wooden... flat piece of flats. Yeah. Yeah. Sit up or so. stand up or whatever. Oh, and they do yeah, up cool. to, you know, two, maybe three programs in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did three here yes, because we partnered with the summer school at mm-hmm. which elementary? Ran Elementary. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they did an early show there yep. and then packed up everything and came over here to the library and did two more. So yeah. they had a busy day that day. 
And the night before, they had actually done an improv class for us here at the library. That's right, with the teams. So, yeah, within, within about 18 hours, they did four programs and got a good night's sleep. So Yeah. <laughs> yep, and so. then they were off and on to the next show. Yeah. So... And we've They're talked amazing. about having them do something different next year. Something they did a few years ago here, but it's been a while. Um, the oh, stage fighting. Yes, the combat. Stage combat, yes. yes. Stage combat class for teens, probably. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like fun. So any of you theater students out there who are in dramas, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, theater in high school. It's a great program. I mean, we can't say enough about it. The uh, adults who have come to see mm -hmm. some of the programs are just mm -hmm. amazed. Yeah. And I know one family brought their, the mother brought her parents. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, to the program because it was, she was just so excited about the programs Very that they, they put on. Yeah. And that's a, that's a play. I mean, I know times have changed, but when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I never saw any plays. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I might have seen a school play. Right. That, but, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a great um, cultural experience right. for kids. And another thing I really like about them is that during their plays, there is always one part where they have they are they bring up some of the kids to participate. Mm -hmm. So they almost they almost function like a Greek chorus sort of. So this time they were pirates. Before they've been, I know one time they were animals. That, you know, it's just different things depending on what the story is. But there's always a place yeah. for a few of the kids to get to be up on stage and participate in it. So I really like that part too. Yes, which is a lot of fun. The, and I know the kids enjoy it too. Some of them are shy, but they still get into it. You know, right. it takes them a few minutes. But yeah, but they warm up to it. Yeah. So on June 27th, we had Steve Brooks come in. Um, and he was... Uh, he's a singer and he would sing folk music. But right. I was not able to be here for that program. I was at a training. Mm -hmm. So can y'all tell me how that? I can tell you about that because I was in there. Uh-huh. So his kind of passion is American folk music. And, okay. and what he ended up doing was not all American folk music, but it all had to do with like the evolution of American folk music. So oh, he did cool. a French song, he did an English song, he did something else and then and then brought it to the US kind of to show us how we got the variety of folk music that we have and it was kind of part of it was historical and part of it was more current but but it was all I think probably for the kids and for a lot of the parents who are much younger than I am. Uh -huh. um, at Probably half of the songs were were familiar, and half of them were completely new. Okay. So it, yeah, it was. So it was a learning experience for it the was, parents yes, as well it really as was. the children. It really was. And and what he did, the the way he presented the songs, he he didn't just perform them; he taught them. Oh, so good. the kids got to sing along. Uh huh. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily that they could do all the words. There, there would be one song with um, verses and a chorus. So he would teach us the chorus, and we could sing along with that whenever it came. Or there would be, um, there was one song where there were um, sound effects kind of going along with the story that was being told in the song. And, uh -huh. and so we would do the sound effects. And 
um, then there were a few that that we learned the whole song and sang it with him. So yeah, it it was a lot of fun. It um, I I do think that that everybody who was here kind of learned something about the history of the U.S. as well as the history of American folk music. See, so, and that's why I picked him. It's pretty because fun. Folk music is not yeah. something that we really are exposed to. Right, right. And um, I think having different types of music mm-hmm. available mm-hmm. to the kids and letting them realize that it's yeah. not just one type of music is right. really cool. Right, Well, and I don't... I. Years ago, I was an elementary music teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of what we did then was folk music. Okay. But I'm not sure what elementary music curricula looks like these days. So um, I don't know how much of that they still do. I mean, I, I know yeah. there's some, uh-huh. but I don't know how much of it is that. And, of course, know. there's been a whole lot of music since then. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure they... There are other things that I would never, you know, that, that wouldn't have entered into it that long ago. So, Well, anyway. and I know that the kids, when they're at least like the fourth and fifth grade-ish, mm-hmm. even actually the younger ones at my son's school uh, during Veterans Day would sing um, like America the Beautiful oh, sure. and, and different songs. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, But other than that, I really don't remember what other songs he was singing. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's... It's interesting to me to think about, well, this is a whole different subject, but folk music being like folk tales where they're traditional, we don't know where they originated, so they really have a rich history, and, and mm-hmm. it may be a song that, that Sharon, you learned one way, and I learned another way, mm-hmm. and Dawn may have never heard it, or may know it a completely different way, especially since she grew up in a different part of the U.S., so, mm-hmm. you know, just just that kind of of experience of oh yeah there is this whole other kind of music that we might all know but we might all have our own take on it so Mm -hmm. which is really cool yeah passed down different to us yeah exactly yeah exactly Mm -hmm. like Like, how you taught your kids the story mm -hmm. of red riding hood or goldilocks (laughs) and the three bears and how i taught my kids that that story so on Mm -hmm. but well i'm sad that i missed that i think that that would have been fun to yeah participate in but it was anyway mm-hmm. then the perot museum was great fun that was yes. a learning experience Definitely. and they called kids up to help with that so there was crowd participation oh, and i think the the kiddos that actually came to that one were younger hmm. um and i still think that they got a lot out of it oh good you know they were able to participate and um, I mean, when one of the kids was called up to volunteer, and they had them touch the ball, and then they would, you know, do some things, which I don't understand. <laughs> and they made her hair, like, stand ah, straight out. Yeah. I mean, even the oh, little kids cool. understand that something's yeah. going on, obviously. Something cool is happening. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking about static electricity, and then they were talking about how the electricity goes around the outside of it, not through it. And Yes. They were teaching a lot of things. It was fun. And, and it, was, it was good to see. Yes, because they brought all that stuff to, yeah. to show. And that, was it? Tesla that uh, had the the coil I can't remember mm-hmm. and 
he what his vision was was to have um, free electricity for everybody. And how they, cool would that be? Right. <laughs> and they're like, because if you have these generators periodically right. around, then it the electricity is in the air. And to prove it, they put lights out, some fluorescent light bulbs, and they lit up. Mm-hmm. And they wow. weren't connected to anything. They, they had them in their hand, and they were just holding them out oh there. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, why don't we have free electricity? Same reason we don't <laughs> have free internet. Yeah. Right. Oh, <laughs> Somebody's got to provide it, right? So it, it was really kind of cool to have the Perot Museum here because mm-hmm. they're in Dallas, and right. I don't know how many kids get the opportunity to go to Dallas mm-hmm. to the Pearl Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not been yet. Me either. I haven't. Yeah. So I think to be able to have those experiences brought to our library mm-hmm. to provide it for the community is amazing. Yeah. Mr. Willie was um, a musician mm-hmm. and he sang songs for the kids and he had some puppets mm-hmm. to engage the little ones and he actually wrote a story he sounds did. like he he's, wrote he's a lot of his two things. or three yeah, four books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kind of based on his kids and family things that have happened but yeah i think yeah. he's written most of the songs he sang yes he was sharing so. some stories yeah. of a book he was writing and it's not published yet so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were ahead of the game. Yeah. Yes. That's exciting. So he was, he was, you know, more of a mu- musician and, you know, part of the reason why we selected him to come in and present to the kids and all the kids that were there, I think, had a really good time mm-hmm. and participating because they got to sing and move around right. and, you know, it wasn't just sitting. One of the things I really like about him that, that goes along with what y'all just said, that he wrote his own songs and... It, for a lot of those, he told the story about how he decided to come up with, you know, how he came up with that. Mm-hmm. And so I think for kids listening, that tells them, oh, my goodness, things happen to you. You can write a song, too. Yeah. And I think that's really cool to give them the, you know, kind of that push to say, you know, this is not just for these select few people up here. This is for anybody. Mm-hmm. You have it, something happens to you and it's really cool or it's really funny or whatever. You can write a song about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Hmm, now you got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to write a song now? I don't know if right. I'll write a song. Maybe I'll write a story. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, kind of to wrap up everything for uh, the reading program, we had Mary Embry come from, um, she's the music maker. She's hmm. a DJ. She's been doing... doing um, that for I think she said 20? over 10 years 20 20 yeah it was wow. quite a few years she's been doing this and cool. um, she's awesome I mean I think that you know the way she mixes her music and so the selections that she had for the kids to get them involved was really good so she was getting the kids involved yeah yeah she was good at that energetic yes yeah didn't want you to sit around mm Get up, move around. That's right. All of our programs throughout the summer, and this is only for the summer reading. This does not include steaming or kinder readiness or any of the other Mm -hmm. programs we did. Um, We had 1,747 kids come to our programs. That's a lot of kids. That is. That's eight programs. That's over four 
No, over 200 kids each program on average. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yes. So Very cool. It, it's just an amazing program. I mean, if you really think about it, to be able to have something every week mm-hmm. as an edutainment, basically, <laughs> right, you know, right. to, to take that. Uh, but it's just mm-hmm. op- awesome opportunity for all the kids and, and adults, right? you know, because the, the adults get to come in and sit in the program for the mm-hmm. most part. And, you know, everybody gets a little bit of learning. Right, and this year, something that we did, mm-hmm. um, all of our programs are provided by the Decatur Library Foundation, and so they do fundraisers um, throughout the year, which is a book sale, mm-hmm. and they do one once coming in September. September, and usually then January and May are the others. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the the money that is raised through that goes back to. Um, the summer programs. But this year we also had Kona Ice come each oh, Wednesday yeah. mm-hmm. um, through the summer. It's, they donated a portion of the proceeds mm-hmm. back to the foundation to help support programs for the kids. Uh, do you know? It's great of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the total amount was mm-hmm. that was submitted back to us, but um, everybody who bought a snow cone this summer helped support the program, right. which was awesome. Right. And we also had a grant for two of our programs. Yes, we did. From the Texas Commission on the Arts. Mm-hmm. that they do some matching grants for um, to bring some of these people to libraries. So specifically it was... Was Rhythm Path. Rhythm Path. And Lucas Miller, yes. was he the other one? Mm-hmm. So those two were half of that, their their program here was paid for through the, the grant and the other half matching funds from the foundation so we really appreciate the texas commission on the arts for helping do that and thank you to the decatur library foundation it's just amazing what they what they provide for us so yes we really appreciate that so if you ever want to support the foundation you can become a member or you can come to our book sales you you can just make a donation yeah yeah so the, the funds go back to support our patrons and um, specifically a lot of the kiddos. Mm-hmm. So those programs were all for children. Wow. That's a lot. There's a lot it going is. on. In two months. I mean, that is that is really a lot. Uh, but we did have other programs. So we had programs for teens. And they got to pick what they wanted to do for the most part. I threw in a couple other ideas because mm-hmm. they, they needed some help. But the first one they selected to do was a pie baking contest. Oh. That one I think everybody liked. We got to eat pie. Yes, I was called in to be a judge. I'm so sad I had to eat a piece oh, of every boo. pie. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that one was really good. We had a million-dollar pie, and we had a... Um, like a cherry cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, one of our teen boys made that, and he also made like a lemon something. Oh, there was a lemon something. And, and there was a was pecan pecan something. What? Yeah. There was a coconut wow, something. Yee. Yes, there yeah. were a lot of good different desserts. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I then we had... Some of them all. Oh, <laughs> oh, poor thing. <laughs> we had... Um, 
a lady come in who is an artist in Bridgeport, mm-hmm. and she does glass art. Her mm-hmm. name is Kim. I don't remember her last name, but she does um, jagged glass art, I believe, in Bridgeport. Hmm. And she brought some materials so the kids could make their own crosses out of glass. Hmm. And they loved it. They loved that. And they had something that was beautiful that they could take home and put on their wall or give as a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a pretty substantial art project. It was really nice. So thank you, Kim, for coming and doing that for our kids. The very yummy activities. Well, I think it stemmed from some of the kids saying they'd never had strawberry shortcake. Oh, that's right. I'm like, what? So that was, I think we did have, oh, yes, because they made their own whipped cream. That's what I was going to say. They made their (laughs) own whipped cream. They had to shake it, shake it, shake it. Yes. (laughs) And then we we made the strawberries and... um, didn't we do a smoothie or something? Yes, we did a, yeah, That's because we had the blender. Yeah, some kind of strawberry wow. smoothie. So, you know. It, it was healthy. Right. And delicious. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have food mm-hmm. for the teens, they yeah. are happy. It's always a good thing. Right. Um, jagged Glass is Kim McElroy. McElroy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she did an awesome job working with that the kids and everything. Yeah. So, and then, Pat, you'd mentioned our improv workshop uh-huh. that we we had done. This, this next one was listed as a communication workshop. And <laughs> I just love this because I asked the teens about it after. And I said, well, what did you think? And it was going to be about. And they said, I thought it was going to be really boring. But they had the best time. Yeah. They, Tell us about it. They just... Um, Sharon can probably tell a little bit more about it because I wasn't able to attend that one. Well, Emily Emily was in here this morning and I was talking with her and telling her how we had talked with the teens about all the things that we had done through the summer and which programs they liked the best, which ones they wanted back. And I told Emily, I said, they really loved you and they want you back some more. (laughs) But she had games for them to do. And when you think of communication, it's like, so you communicate with words and writing, but also your body language. Mm -hmm. And so when you're speaking to someone, but your body language is saying something else, what do you think comes across (laughs) the strongest? Not what you say, Mm -hmm. but what your body language Mm -hmm. is portraying. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. And didn't they have to communicate without talking? Yes, they did. They had a little project they had to do out there that was kind of like... um, We used to call it like hopscotch. So she had tape on the floor that was like in that shape. But she had a particular um, pattern of how they had to get from one end to the other. Okay. You know, and back. So the first time they went through it, one kid would start and put their foot in a space. And the group would say, no, that's not right. Or yes, it is. So it was a trial and error mm-hmm. to try to figure out the pattern of which, where to step to get oh, to the other okay. end. Very good. It worked much better when the other teens could tell them verbally, mm-hmm. go to the left or the right or skip that one, and it, it was much better. But when we're talking to people, our mm-hmm. body language mm-hmm. comes across first. Right. Mm-hmm. 
predominantly. Cool. Yes, Emily has a knack for working with um, the kids and oh. making things fun. And, and this is awesome. Emily Pavoda. Yes, with Star, Star Counseling. Council. Yes, counseling counseling. Council. I don't know, Emily. Star something. So, but she works with the whole county, right? I believe that's right. And she yes. goes to different uh-huh. schools mm-hmm. and even other places that are not schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know where all she goes, but libraries. Yeah. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> Our library for sure. Yeah. And she also did the program on the 24th of July fun and games. And so she brought more games in for the for them. Oh, cool. And and she was talking about how smart those kids are. <laughs> yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So some of the things they had to do was like, say there were seven kids in a circle, and they had to pass a ball from one to the other in a certain pattern, not just the person next to you, but a pattern. And then she would add another ball, and then she would add another ball. So you're going around in a pattern, but then she would add another ball, and it had to go around to the person next to you. It was very confusing, and the kids, the kids conquered it and, and did well. That's she was cool. impressed. <laughs> so then the other two classes, we had a tie-dye class where they got to make their own tie-dye shirt. We provided the supplies for that. And then uh, we also had a financial class. Mm. And it was on um, buying a car. Hmm. So that's kind of a big thing for teens, yeah. starting to think about getting their own wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So I think that was really helpful to help them understand what is involved, that it's not just the sticker price on the vehicle, Mm -hmm. that there's interest, that there's insurance, that there's a lot of other things. Maintenance of a car, you got to pay for gas. Yeah. You have to budget. You have to learn how to budget so that you have money to buy the car and maintain it. Yes. It was mm. very good. Yeah. That was a good presentation. Yes, and uh, Wells Fargo came in uh, to do that for the kids. Cool. Yeah. So. All right. So then our adult programs. Well, how, how many teens did we have participate through the summer in various and sundry things that you know of? Mm. Well, we had overall probably 30 so the teens had their own reading program also. Mm-hmm. And they had to turn in a reading log where they would read a book and then they would have to just write something about it okay. and tell us what they thought or mm-hmm. a quick summary. And then they put it into a drawing. Okay. So they could enter it into uh, for a Chili's uh, gift certificate or for um, Cinemark movie passes in Roanoke, which they donated those. That was uh, awesome. And Chili's here in town donated certificates. And then we provided a library's rock-themed basket. So everything that was in the basket was mm-hmm. for the summer reading theme. So we had 14 teens turn in reading logs. Mm-hmm. And they read 42 books. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Well, we had a, the, a similar kind of program for adults to, to read and then put in for drawings, same, same kind of prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had about 40 adults mm-hmm. turn in reading logs, okay. and I think I counted 111 books read wow. by adults. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple of programs we had this summer. Of course, we had our, our book club, which isn't just for summer, but it, but it meets the first Tuesday of each month. 
um, at 11 o'clock, and they discuss a book that they have chosen at some point in the in the past. <laughs> and now, isn't and that list online, too? Of what it is. Yes, it is. So okay. if you'll go on our website and click on Book Club, you'll see what we have planned out for the next few months. We usually kind of plan about six months at a time um, for what we're going to read. So, yes, that's available out there. And what happens if they come in and the book's not available? It's not if on the, the shelf. If the book's not available, you can put it on hold, request okay. a copy, and um, we'll either have the next copy that comes in here available for you, or we'll see if we can get one a little quicker from another library. We've got a lot of partner libraries in our consortium, and then outside that, we could go outside if, if we think we can get it in a, in a pretty timely manner. So we'll see what we can do. And we usually have... Um, in addition to print copies, we usually have the audio book on CD, okay. but there's also, as often as we can get them, we have um, an ebook version or a downloadable audio version through our Libby app by Overdrive. Okay. So those aren't always available because they're a one use per, 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 per person at a time, uh -huh. um, but they're always available out there, whether whether you can get it right now or not, but you can get on hold for that. You can ask us to put you on hold for print copies. We're or always happy to do that. You can also do that yourself. Yes. Well, sure, you can. Through Online. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just get on our website, put in your library card number and your PIN. If you don't know your PIN, call us. <laughs> we'll help you get that set up. Yeah. Um, but we have that every first Tuesday. And Pat always makes cookies. Except <laughs> when I make special things. Oh. Yeah. Always yeah, a snack. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> um, so, and then the other thing we had this summer was a six-part genealogy class. It was billed as Genealogy 101, so it was really for beginners, for people who didn't really have much experience with genealogy or, or those resources that are helpful. Um, that was taught by Patty Gillespie, who is, is a local genealogist and researcher. She's um, active with the Wise County Genealogical Society. Okay. And um, so she led that class, six sessions on Monday evenings, June and July, and really kind of took us through quite a few different resources, some good places to get started, to start building our um, family tree, to start gathering family stories. Um, so it's not just all Ancestry.com kind of no, stuff? No, no, it's more. not. She she really, she's a she's been active doing this, started out doing it for herself, and then now does this for other people as a paid thing. Oh. Um, so she has a lot of tips and tricks. She, she gave us a lot of good advice about... You know, if you can't find something here, try over here. She gave us some good, you know, alternative resources to try if mm -hmm. the things you don't, that you think of first don't pan out. So, um, kind of helped us look at, okay, if you can't find this person, maybe try going a different route and finding a sibling of that person or finding, you know, different ways to, to look and find who's in your family tree. That's really cool. Um, so one of the things that grew out of that is we are going to participate as a site um, for to live stream 
um, a workshop, an all-day workshop with the Texas Geneal Genealogy Network on October 19th. And that will be a series of sessions presented kind of all over the state and in various places. But uh -huh. they're going to live stream all those sessions and we'll have the live stream feed going here. And that's from on Friday, October 19th from 10 in the morning till 8.30 at night. And um, Patty Gillespie from here is actually going to be the closing speaker. She'll be present physically in Arlington. Okay. Um, I think on campus at UTA. I'm not sure exactly where there, but w that's that's why we'll be here open late that Friday night for that program till 8:30 because she's that final speaker, and we want to of course be be sure to hear her. But it'll be a lot of different topics related to genealogy research, and I. I'm not even sure what they all are at this point, mm -hmm. but we will have that whole day. So there will be lots more information coming up um, so as we get closer. But. It's really kind of a big deal that she is so well-versed in this topic and that she's able to come here and present that. Right, and well-connected yes. to other people in genealogy research. And how much did it cost for the class? It did not cost anything. It was a free class. <laughs> Um, we provided laptops for for those times when they were doing hands-on online research. Mm -hmm. um, some of the some of the classes were take notes. Let's look at this. Here's here's an example. Okay. But some of them were actually hands-on. Let's dig in and let you look and let you do some playing around with some of these sites and see what's there and how they work. That's nice. So, then she was yeah. there to help with questions if you exactly. had any. Oh, exactly. Nice. Um, and, you know, we had it available so that people could use our laptops. They could bring their own. They could work on tablets, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. they're comfortable with. If they wanted to bring their own devices or their own laptops, they could. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't want to do that or didn't have that available we ha we provided those and then you know they got a chance to to play around with it and That's i'm really cool. excited that we're going to do do this um all-day workshop and i'm hoping that we'll be able to work out with patty to do either another beginning genealogy class or maybe an intermediate class mm -hmm. we've not ever done an intermediate level class here okay we, we just seem to always need that beginner because we've got more people interested. But I think now there are so many people who have kind of got that little bit of foundational knowledge but want to move on to the next steps. So yeah. Yeah, well, let that. me just say, I would do the beginner because well, I was so busy. This I did summer, this summer. Yeah, yeah, I did this summer and I have been so having so much fun. Good. It, it really is one of those times time vacuum things you know you you start and three hours later you look up and holy cow I didn't do all the things I was supposed to do because I was looking at this and I've you know I've gone back five generations and seen names I had no idea were out there very cool it, it's really fun I mean just goofy things like I found out we named our son after his two grandfathers. Mm -hmm. And I found out that my dad was named after his two grandfathers. Oh. Isn't that interesting? I never knew that. Mm -hmm. That is so, really cool. Anyway. All of our families have a story. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask you about yeah. the 19th. Uh, to come mm -hmm. on the 19th, mm -hmm. should you have come to the... No, 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 not not at all. Okay, Just so if you're interested. Okay. And we should, um, I think... By 
early to mid-September, we should have the titles and a little description of all of the sessions that will happen throughout the day. People do not have to stay all day. If there's one session they're interested in, they can come. Do they have to sign up? Yes, we will have a sign up, but I'm not going to do that until we know what's coming. Okay. You know, but but yes, we will eventually have a sign up. But again, it'll be free. It'll just be here at the library. We'll we'll have more information coming, but that'll be on the website. Yeah, that's awesome. Is this what they're calling the lock-in? It, yes. Yeah, it is. Um, the it turns out I found out that we can call it what we want to, but. The people in Waco associated with, I think it's McLennan County College, I mean, not McLennan County College, the Waco-McLennan County Public Library, I believe, is where this originated. And that's what they call it, is the genealogy lock-in. I think we're going to come up with a different name, but we haven't yet, because we don't know what it's about yet. We but just know not, it's about genealogy. You're not so. stuck here. Right. You are not <laughs> stuck here. We are not going to be here overnight. <laughs> I promise, because if we were, we wouldn't be doing it. Um, but it's 10 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. on one day. So okay. it's not your bring your sleeping bag overnight to the library. It Should you bring your lunch? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if, if there will be, you know, a, an hour and a half break for lunches uh-huh. or if they just go straight through and you figure out what you're doing, I don't okay. know yet. But wow. as we know more, we'll we'll get more information That's out there. That's really cool. Yeah. It was really fun. <sighs> and the other oh. thing we had going on for adults is is planning for a community garden. And Dawn, yes. tell us all about that. This is an exciting thing we have never attempted before. No, we have not. And so it's it's a learning experience on our part as well <laughs> as everybody else's. But we're trying to get the word out on, um, on gardening and sustaining and, you know, having food available to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have fresh vegetables at home and you don't have to buy them at the store. Right. So, um, and they taste better, right? Mm. So we have already uh, a group of, I want to say maybe one, two, I want to say close to 10 who are committed to coming to the library and helping with the community garden. Mm -hmm. And this is not going to be your typical community garden where you, um, like rent a, a raised bed for the summer or whatever and then maintain it this is going to be everybody helps with everything Mm -hmm. um the the food that comes out of it is going to go to the to warm warm relief mission yes food pantry i guess is kind of what they are yeah um it may also be you know the people who are working on it may Mm -hmm. also get to take some of it but it's going to be a sample garden okay uh so that people can get an idea of what things taste like or how to grow certain things mm-hmm. and to realize that there's a lot of different varieties of maybe squash out there and you don't like this squash, but you like that squash. Hmm. Um, so it's going to, we're going to have different varieties of things out there. And then the hope is that you have the opportunity to go home and create your own garden at home Hmm. and we have um 
we have contacted some local businesses, and Lowe's has already stepped up and Great. provided uh, packets of seeds. Oh, my word. Mm. They have. It's amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've never seen so many seed packets in place in my life. Yes. So those are going to be for our garden here, but then mm-hmm. we are also going to use those to give to people to take home Great. for their gardens. Um, we are hoping to provide... Um, I'm, I'm 99% sure we're providing containers, okay. but we may also be able to provide the soil for them to take home hmm. and oh actually, my. right, to start your garden at home. So it's really a great thing. Uh, depending on how many people obviously get mm-hmm. involved, you know, we'll have to see. But Lowe's has already um, not only provided the seeds, but are also going to supply the soil mm-hmm. for our raised beds. We have right. a Boy Scout who is doing his Eagle Project, and he is creating or building the beds Very uh, for his Eagle Project. And it's going to be eight eight beds, I believe, and they'll be four foot by eight foot. Cool. Um, nice. I have contacted Tractor Supply to mm-hmm. see if they would help with um, a cistern or rain barrels hmm. for watering. And we've also had a, oh, she's a water specialist. Mm-hmm. Her name is Dottie Woodson, and she's with AgriLife. But she came out and was talking with me about the water and the things that we need to pay attention to. So Very we're starting good. to get a lot of community involvement mm-hmm. with this. And I think a lot of people who want to see it succeed. Mm-hmm. So... I think it's gonna. That's great. It's gonna be Very great. Cool. So we are hoping to get a fall garden going. Mm-hmm. That's the plan, and um, I think we've got some master gardeners who should be here this um, August eighteenth for our meeting on that day. Very good. So yeah, awesome. it's lots, lots going on. Even though summer's rolling to an end, there's yes. still a lot going on here at the library. Okay. I think we had a great summer this summer. We had some building issues with air conditioners <laughs> and this and that. But in spite of yes. all that, we had a wonderful summer, successful summer reading program. Mm. Um, also, if you participated in any of our summer programs, we do have surveys up on our website. Right. Uh, you can also access those, I think, through Facebook also. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we would love your feedback if you wouldn't mind getting online and and doing that. That would be yeah. awesome. And those will be up a while, right? Yes. Great. Yep, we're going to leave those up for quite a while. Okay. So. Well, thanks for all of your work, Sharon. Yeah, thanks for Dawn for all your organization and coordination of all these things. You're welcome. Great summer reading 2018. Yeah. So this has been the Long Overdue Podcast, a production of the Decatur Public Library of Decatur, Texas. <laughs> Join us again next time. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.